This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Well, 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 my Let's Keep It Real people, I've been really waiting for this one. Today's awesome, inspiring guest, let me just tell you a little bit about him before we bring him on, is Neeraj Naik. And I hope I got that right, but I'm sure he'll let me know. And Neeraj is a certified pharmacist who turned holistic health and breathwork expert. Having cured himself from ulceritis, I want to make sure I got that right, colitis, he is dedicated to helping others restore their health and improve their overall quality of life with holistic practices and lifestyle changes where stress and gut health is a contributing factor. He also is the founder of Soma Breath, the global breathwork movement taking the world by storm. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to have you, Neeraj. I, I know it's like we got the times right, right? You're in England right now. That's correct. Where are you in England? I'm near London, just outside. Oh, okay. Well, I'm English and Irish, and for the first time last June, my son and I, we came over, and we spent a lot of time in Ireland, but then we did have the pleasure of visiting London, but we didn't get outside of London. We spent, we only had like a few days, so we spent most of the time in London. Okay. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. it. I love it. Wow. Yes. That's um, that's amazing. Have you been to the U.S.? <laughs> uh, I have, yeah. I've been uh, several times to the U.S., mostly to uh, California. Oh, yeah, that would figure. Where in California? Uh, San Diego and also L.A. Okay. When's the last yeah. time you've been over here? Uh, I was there actually... Um, Actually, over the summer, I went to Venice. I was in Venice. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, totally different. <laughs> I know. I know. I've yeah. also been to Miami, and like they couldn't be more different. I know. It's so crazy. Like You go somewhere to some country, and you think you got it down, and then you just go 10 minutes away, and it's a whole different world, isn't it? Yeah. like London is a, a very different from the rest of England, and it's a bit more like New York, I would say, but... Yeah, like, yeah, I think New York's even more hustle and bustle. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. Well, I could talk to you a lot about your travels in London, but I really want to start with your journey here. And mm. I'm very into this, so my listeners know how much I'm into homeopathic and you know trying to little changes that you can make every day that make a huge, huge difference. And yes. I see, you know, with the breath work, how people think, oh, that's just so, so simple. Like, how could Mm -hmm. that, you know, make a difference? Like, sometimes the littlest things, like, how could that make any difference at all? But it ends up making, yeah, a big difference. Mm -hmm. And you were a pharmacist first, though. I, yeah, I trained as a pharmacist uh, and worked in the community pharmacist for like seven years. Wow. And that, was that all over in England? Uh, it was a bit in London, a bit in where I am now, a bit up in up north in England. And 
Yeah, so I got to really know what it feels like to be a pharmacist, you know, to really experience what it's like to work for the National Health Service. <laughs> and you're you're giggling at that. So was that a what kind of experience was that for you? What did it have its highs and lows? Well, the NHS is like a welfare kind of socialist um, system with um, its own problems. A lot of benefits for people who are on low incomes and things like that. But I think that inherently the system is is flawed massively because it's too easy to get a prescription. Doctors uh, just dish out drugs all day long. They, um, they're changing a bit now, but some of the places I worked in, people would get their prescription before they'd even spoken to the doctor. Like It was like just a factory of um, dishing out drugs. I feel this sort of system kind of um, stops people from having a lot of choice and it's very focused on um, protocols that are approved by the government and that's where the big problem is, is when you have protocols approved by a government um, it's easily to, easy to influence uh, an authority as a, a company, a, like a, a, co- a corporate body with massive power and lobbying uh, finances to influence the laws into what, what the first line treatment is and this is the big problem is that that no doctor in England is, um, is uh, abiding by the, the actual oath that they're supposed to swear by which is the Hippocratic Oath which is first do no harm because almost every doctor especially GPs they're the, they're the primary culprits um, for this are giving um, drugs as a first-line treatment when there's so many other uh, factors at play and and drugs as we know um, cause harm by inherently by their design unfortunately drugs aren't intelligent so they cause harm more harm probably than good so this is the big problem that we've got going on in the UK and I'm sure in other parts of yeah, the world as well yeah yeah over here too yeah. so mm. is there ever like a place that you think okay you definitely should be taking drugs yeah 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 I mean they are life saving in some situations so according to the ancient Indian system of Ayurveda there is a place for drugs but they are last resort so after you've tried everything else it's a last resort and they're in emergency situations such as like you go in to ER because you um, maybe need a, an emergency operation because you're you've had a big car accident or something then they can save your life but to give them as a first line treatment for obesity or heart disease or type 2 diabetes is madness because uh, they are diseases of lifestyle they're not diseases which are require emergency treatment of drugs for they are lifestyle diseases and as soon as you put people on drugs you take their responsibility away their self responsibility their self-care and you'll see in England it's one of the most unhealthiest countries people don't take that much care about their health and they just um, they don't know what to do because they the people that they go to for their health advice are the doctors and the doctors are just not clued up at all they're not I mean I think it's changed a bit now but they're really not trained um, in actual holistic healthcare they're trained in dispensing drugs they're, they're, they're drug specialists they're not health specialists that's the distinction yeah and I guess you would have never known that if you weren't a pharmacist first right and that's why I'm I have no regrets being a pharmacist I think it was the best thing that ever happened to me 
And is your situation what turned you from being a pharmacist or it was it way before that? So, no, I became a pharmacist uh, like much before that. Like I worked seven years as a community pharmacist before I got very sick. Um, I was actually a, a musician. I, I, I was a DJ. I ran like big music events and I had a big business that was very successful, which I blew. Um, so I have, I have a lot of um, experience with uh, building a company and failing at a young age and getting really hedonistic and going into that crazy party culture as well. Um, and that's wow. when I went back into being a pharmacist because I had to find a way to make money. Um, I never really had a passion for it. Like, I didn't really know much about it. So I went into it with um, very un... kind of... Uh, no idea of what I was letting myself in for, to be honest. Like, And that's that was actually a good thing because I saw it from a different perspective from most pharmacists. You know, I saw it from a, a different different angle, you know. I wasn't yeah. doing it... Um, I was doing it because I needed to obviously pay the bills, but yeah. I, was just, I was I had previous experience of not being a pharmacist, yeah. and and also I was also into kind of some of the holistic stuff that I, just the nature of what I did before. Musicians tend to be a bit more into the spiritual side of life, and so I did have an understanding of of like you know health and things, uh, not like massively, but I had a so when I saw the medications that were being prescribed and, and the rate of dispensing and, and the fact how much it was like a factory and and how confused patients were and just seeing people going away with literally shopping bags full, filled with drugs. every mm. I just made me more and more kind of disillusioned with what I was doing because I thought this was a healthcare profession. I didn't realize that we were actually making people feel worse and not really fixing the problem. And it made me question everything. It made me really go deep into the profession. And that's when I started to wake up. Like, intuitively, I knew there was something wrong with the system. Yeah. And I started to wake up. And this is where I really started to um, question everything about reality, you know. <laughs> <laughs> about reality. I like yeah. that. Mm. And, but, you, but you said that you, by curing yourself... Is that what got you away from it? Is that what switched your careers? Yeah, so what happened was um, I started, like, I wasn't going in to my profession with the best health. And I also wasn't very good at self-care. I didn't really know so much about diet and how it affects you, you know. So I had a very bad lifestyle. And plus I hated my job. I was extremely stressed out. I had financial problems. You know, I had bad relationships with my mum, my girlfriends. I was disillusioned. I was hedonistic still. I was drinking on the weekends all the time. I had a really bad lifestyle. And over it, over the years, it, it took its toll on me. So I went on a quest to, to find solutions to getting healthy because I, I, I was depressed. I was yeah. completely depressed. So somebody took me kicking and screaming, actually, to a Tony Robbins event. Oh my ago. goodness! And that was a big wake-up call. Like when I went there, I, firstly I was so skeptical of, of this guru stuff, and but it was really, really enlightening. And then on the last day, he talked about health, and it was the first time I ever heard anyone discuss about the diet and how it can uh, transform your health and breathing and 
all this stuff. So I was like, right, I want to prove this guy, you know, I want to see if he's for real. So I'm going to test it out myself. And I thought every day I've got patients coming in, you know, I can test it out on them as well. And if this stuff works, then I've, I will get good feedback from these patients. So I started to do that. And actually one thing led to another. I, I had amazing results with just getting people off drugs by changing their diet. I ended up getting promoted to the head office of one of the biggest corporations in the UK to carry out a big uh, novel project that could have helped millions of people by dispensing uh, health advice instead of drugs. And then six months into it, they shelved the idea because it was too renegade. I ended up getting completely disillusioned with the system and I had major fear of going back into um, my career as a pharmacist. I hated my pharmacy job and I, I did what I could to escape it. But now I was just so disillusioned. I didn't have any hope for humanity. I lost my spiritual connection with the divine and all of that. And boom, that's when I got sick. You know, like all that fear manifested yeah, into a yeah. disease. They say in Ayurveda as well that, you know, the most diseases are... Uh, emotions repressed and manifest so negative emotions and also um, it's a spiritual disturbance so now I really have understanding what spirituality and what's being spiritual really means but that's when I got sick and I ended up being housebound with um, I was ready to just give it all up actually to be honest I was at a lot of suicidal thoughts um, I was going to the toilet 40 times a day, bleeding. Um, and then the lowest point came when I was on, I had two choices. Either be a guinea pig for a drug that hasn't been tested yet, or um, have your colon removed. And, the, and the, the doctor was so cold, so harsh. The whole environment yeah. of the hospital was so soulless. And any, any question I asked her, she... Like, does diet have an influence? The stress, I'm really stressed out. What can I do about it? She was like, no, no, nothing's proven. The only thing's proven is drugs or surgery. That's So shut up and take the pills. That's basically her response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was this huge, obese, overweight um, consultant who definitely didn't represent health. And, um, and I was like, just so, just unbelievably disillusioned. So anyway... What year this, was that? Before we go on, when, when was yeah, that? Yeah, this How was 2010. I was 30. Okay. Yeah. And um, they say that God sounds with got a gift of desperation. And actually, uh, at this point, I was so desperate that luckily somebody came to my rescue called Swami Amikananda, who's a, a yoga teacher in the UK. And she basically said to me, look, you've got a choice here. Um, you can either, you know, just give it all up or his um a way out a third path if you learn these principles from ayurveda yoga meditation breathing from pranayama you can um most likely heal this disease and then you'll be an amazing role model for other people with your background with your story where you come from and she was very prophetic because it's exactly what has happened and i listened to her advice i went super deep and I started to learn as much as I can about um, all these holistic ancient techniques. And then I made a pact when I cured myself in a few months that I will do whatever I can to get this to as many people as possible. And I will get as much science behind it to convince people this is the way to go rather than the drugs. And that's 
been paying me forward for a long, long time. Wow. That's unbelievable. So, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's true. You know, like you said, um, your own journey, it caused you to go within and really, you know, think about things. And I love that you said, like, you had nowhere to turn, right? Basically. Hmm. And that's when you got even more in touch with who you were and who you wanted to be and the right people came into your life to guide you. I mean, I want to put words in your mouth, but that's basically, you know, what I'm getting out of it. Like you were like, okay, you know, I, like you said, you felt suicidal. You could have done what they did, but it sounds to me that innately the way that doctor was speaking to you, you knew that wasn't right. Of course. Yeah. That's why I was, I was, praying to the universe to help me yeah <laughs> literally yeah and like yeah. saying okay there the, this just doesn't seem right to me like that i have to do this this there has to be some other way yeah well i can't even imagine how grateful or like like you said how blessed you felt when after being in the home for a year you were like great like you must have just wanted to spread it to the world oh 100 percent yeah. Like, I got to tell everybody. I mean, everybody's yeah. got to know about, you know, what just happened. And they're going to believe you because it happened to you. Yes. So. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I actually got tired of trying to convince friends and family. They're the hardest people to, yes, to convince. Yes, absolutely. Uh, because I didn't have any proof other than some testimonials from patients. You know, I had quite a lot, actually, and they still didn't believe me. They all thought... I was just, I mean, this was back in 20, uh, before 20, this was before I was, this was after the Tony, so around 2008, 2009, the world was in the dark about, like, really what it means to be healthy and and food and all this stuff. So I was really ahead of my time back then, and it was so challenging, but boom, this, this happened, and I cured myself, and everyone paid attention after that. And even your family? Yeah. They were like, okay, they were like, uh, at first they, they were like so scared. Yeah. They were like, no, you can't stop taking the drugs. You have to do what they say. You're mad. You're crazy. Yeah. So I actually ran away. I escaped. I, I left the home and I stayed with a friend um, and moved away from the environment. This is the first rule of getting healthy. You have, you become your environment. You've got to be so careful who you surround yourself with. All that influence from the environment is what creates who you are this is your conditioning and yeah. if you, you have to break free you have to find, some people go to monasteries they go to you know rehab centers they yeah they find places to disappear because the the this cultural hypnosis is real it's very powerful right and a lot of times i know if you say oh i'm not feeling well i'm not feeling well or whatever they'll just say take your medicine yeah right like, yep. why aren't you taking your medicine? You know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And for you, though, I mean, you really went out and, like, this is your life. You didn't just tell people, but you made a whole new career path. And I know you, you do a lot of workshops, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I um, now do, like, retreats almost in a different country every month. We travel around the world. Everything that I wanted to do is manifested in the most amazing, miraculous way. Yeah. And I'm really blessed to be able to help so many people around the world uh, with these techniques. 
Yeah. Well, it's you're such in beautiful a, places. And so you go to do you you really go to a different country every month? That's Pretty crazy. Much. Yeah, like we're on a bit of a tour. Like uh, next month, I'm in uh, Ibiza, then uh, Bali, then sorry, India, then Bali, then Thailand for a couple of months, and then um, back to Spain. I'm probably going to have a base in Spain, and we're looking to build a. Um, more of a retreat center where which will be like my home uh so people can come to us <laughs> oh in spain I, I've been, yeah i've been doing a lot of traveling for the last few years so uh i want to like find create a place where uh like winter would be thailand and i think the rest of the year would potentially be somewhere in europe like spain uh i love spain that's where we've been living on and off for the last we're in years. spain there's so there's three places in Spain that are amazing. There's um, Mallorca, Ibiza. They're the two islands. I love the island life. And then there's Barcelona, which is a yeah yeah a, a beautiful city. It's an amazing city. So somewhere there. Wow. So will you <laughs> let, let's talk a little bit more because I I know what you mean. But let's just for anyone else tell us a little bit about when you said manifesting and how it's all manifesting what do you do what is your personal like thing that you do like every day like tell us a little bit about your routine to manifest okay so so actually there's really um it's there's so many different uh ways of looking at manifesting okay there's the like standard law of attraction visualization you know wish make wishes to the universe think positive kind of stuff i think yeah. all of that's nonsense and and i'll tell you why the reason why whoa peeps yeah. that's a big statement there yeah. <laughs> i'll tell you why is because you're manifesting all the time non-stop your, yeah. your your thoughts become reality right and the filter that you see the world through depends on uh your 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 programming your conditioning that's happened in the first seven years of your life yeah okay and this is the filter uh, that dictates almost your reality so the ancient mystics actually realized that um we are like robots and we are mostly sleeping in a sleeping trance playing out conditioned responses um throughout our life and this means that we have a very predictable future and then most people uh, never change their patterns and through that it means that they they just carry on attracting the same people into their life the same experiences the same career the same 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 so they realize that unless you change this okay and the, the buddhist said actually you have to surrender to it you can't really change it you just surrender to it and and get rid of the desire and through that one day your brain might change and you become enlightened so they're like just meditate 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 get rid of the the desire from the conditioning like re repat reframe that and and then one day you might become enlightened the christian idea of free will we're talking about free will here yeah because okay? manifesting really is about you having free will christian idea is actually we all have we're born with free will so everything is your fault and if you don't uh, do the right thing you're going to go to hell okay when you die so yeah. that's which is very unforgiving actually and and um, the buddhist one is very forgiving 
but I believe there's a middle path, which is the more tantric kind of yogic path, which is, yes, we're robots, but we shouldn't forget that we are robots. We should, we should forgive people for all the things that happen. We forgive ourselves, have compassion for ourselves, be grateful for what we have, um, but ultimately don't forget that we are. And in order mm-hmm. to change, we have to, we have to reprogram. We have to reprogram the subconscious mind. So in order to change that, that pattern in that conditioning, they create a system of tools of doing this, of uh, very deep yogic rituals and meditative practices that gets you into altered states of consciousness where you can actually go deep within and reprogram, repattern. However, even all of that is nonsense unless you find a way to really manage your thoughts for the rest of the day when you're not doing these these rituals and practices because you're constantly manifesting you're always manifesting yeah yeah and if like for one hour you're doing something like positive that you love to do and you're putting your intention out there um but the rest of the day you're feeling like shit you hate your job you hate this and that yeah then you're just going to keep manifesting bad stuff into your life so there has to be a way you have to find a way to to shake that up and i think the only way is to really 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 start um set a question of self-inquiry so before you even try and manifest anything you've got to learn who you are you've got to go deep within and some people do this and discover this through going through extreme trauma like I did. I went through a crazy disease and that shook me up enough for me to really realize what it is I want, my true will. Yeah. So we're talking about now the true will rather than the conditioned will. And the true will often appears in times of extreme stress. But I don't believe that we all have to go through that suffering. Yes. I think it yes. can also start with just daily practice of gratitude gratitude and learning a few simple techniques that can make you feel balanced physiologically so you feel good and your thoughts are more like balanced and and that actually starts with your breath okay yeah so i the first thing i went to actually as part of my uh, journey of healing was pranayama pranayama means energy control and the understanding that actually, and actually the ancient mystics, they were quantum scientists. They knew the quantum world and energy, you know, way better than our quantum scientists do now. And they realized actually that everything is energy. Energy equals matter. And the energy within um, creates a vibration that attracts um, matter from the outside, from the outer, the, um, outer world. So by creating an alignment of your inner world with the outer world is how we can get into a flow to attract what it is that we want. So what we have to do is we, we really need to be able to manipulate, change our energy within to create a positive vibration inside. And the one way to do that very quickly, very, very, very fast without taking drugs or psychedelics or anything like that is to use your breath. Because pranayama is actually also a system of uh, breathing practices, okay, that helps you uh, change your energetic state from within, okay. So, actually, the word spiritual means to breathe, 
In Latin, that's mm. what it means. Spiritual means to breathe. It comes from espiritu, breath. Breath um, is life. Okay, so breath is also energy, and breath is completely directed, uh, connected to your metabolism. And what happens when you breathe in? You breathe in oxygen. Oxygen goes in to your bloodstream, and it goes in to your cells, and it and it creates a metabolic process to create energy within, which is ATP. That's the currency of energy in your body. It's actually light, photonic energy. So by changing the rate of your breath, by changing the, the ratio of oxygen carbon dioxide, we can actually, and, and the way we use our anatomy, yoga uses postures, asanas, energy locks, we can actually modulate the energy within. Okay, We can raise our heart rate, we can lower our heart rate, we can turn off and on various functions and processes in the body just by using the breath and controlling the breath so what happened was i started to use this one rhythm okay which switches off stress instant instantly which is breathing in for half the time as you breathe out so you're extending the exhale and you breathe in for four and out for eight okay so uh, i'm doing it by the way you're talking and i'm doing <laughs> you're doubling your exhale time yeah there, yeah. there you go Another way of doing this is and changing your 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 um, your nervous system and switching on stress is by chanting like Om Om for example. Om yeah. is an extended exhalation. Okay, and through that, what happens is when you get when you just say you focus on that chant Om or you focus on your breath, what happens yeah. is you're literally going into a single focus, a state of single focus. Your brain actually hates multitasking. Multitasking creates more stress. So by just focusing on one thing at a time and getting really good at doing one thing at a time, um, what happens is you switch off stress. And just extending your exhalation, focusing on your breath, breathing out longer than you breathe in. Because breathing out also stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. Breathing in stimulates your sympathetic. By extending your exhalation, by focusing on your breath, it has a double effect of switching off the stress and your nervous system calms down, you relax, you get more into a flow state and through deeper practice you go into altered states of consciousness. By getting into a sauna and doing this, a sauna has this extra layer, this extra dimension of heat stress yeah. in the body and it raises um, your blood flow, you dilate all your blood vessels and you get more blood flow to your brain, you get into extreme alter states of consciousness this is why ancient uh, people use like sweat lodges and they you know in in uh, nordic countries you have the the sauna like really yeah, hot yeah. saunas they're actually like church they treat them like church you go in there you meditate and you pray you pray you do mantras and things and you're a mantra as well a repetitive mantra is a way to reprogram your brain and I believe the best place to do that is in the sauna. The sauna, extreme heat stress, breathing in this way that I'm talking about. It, the whole combination with a mantra, actually, because the heat from the sauna actually stimulates neurogenesis. Um, it in, in, increases the, uh, the rate of growth of neurons in your brain. Um, also, it wakes up, activates stem cells in your body. Okay, By, by also using visualization and mantras, okay, by that repetition, you start to reprogram the hard disk. The hard disk. Imagine your body is a computer, is a super efficient biocomputer. Your whole you, who you are, 
the super efficient biocomputer, the conscious mind. Your operating system is your mind and your hard disk is your physical body and your brain. And by repeating mantras, you start to literally reprogram the very architecture of your thoughts, where thoughts come from. Thoughts come from your physiology. And if you want to change the results in your life, you have to change the physiology. You have to reprogram yourself. Doing it in this way, in a, in a, in a sauna, is by far the most effective way for brain wow. change. For brain change. This is literally what I did. I was doing this stuff every day religiously. And I, th I think this had the best, most impactful um, effects on my physi physiology. And I started to switch off the stress and, and switch on the healing. And so autoimmune, autoimmune conditions is where fear and negative emotions manifest into disease. And your, your cells in your body get confused about what's safe and unsafe. Yeah. And start to attack yourself or your healthy cells. Your immune system attacks your healthy cells. So that's autoimmune. That's what happened to me. So what you have to do is get into these altered states of consciousness where you can speak to your unconscious mind, become like a software program of your own operating system, and you can reprogram this in such a way that you actually tell your body that everything's safe. The world is safe. The universe is here to protect you and help you and nourish you, guide you. And you can say these mantras. You can say, I am whole perfect, strong, loving, harmonious, happy, over and over and over and over again. And magic starts to happen. This, this is a secret of manifesting. I've used this then technique, not only did I manifest healing, but I've used this to manifest people into my life, connections, events, experiences. And my life has just been a miraculous journey of attracting what I really want, because I found a way of getting into really amazing states and then managing my mind for the rest of the day so I stay uplifted and positive. Wow. Yeah. Hey, did you ever hear of a guy named Joe Dispenza? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because yeah. when you were saying about going deep and, you know, you got to change, you know, and reprogram your brain, that's like the first, that's the person that I'm aware of um, mm. be before... You know that was saying it's you know it's great to be all positive, but you got to change the hardware. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit then, because I think it's a lot for a you know for everyone to take in, <laughs> and I know there's been a lot of con not a controversy lately, but there is a lot going on with like slamming. Oh, you're positive and pippy skippy, and that doesn't work, and you know you got to get in touch with you know your really thinking and your emotions so it's not like you're saying positivity doesn't work you're just saying it's an ant you just got to go a little deeper than that i think um optimism is a better word to use being optimistic about the world like seeing the world as safe rather than unsafe that doesn't mean okay. you're positive all the time sometimes You've got to be negative in order to make um, improvements. Yes. So not just being like uh, delusional. And some people are very delusional. And they're positive without any actual rational thought. I'm talking about being optimistic. It's just seeing things with enthusiasm. And here's a question you need to ask yourself every day if you want to change this perception. And that is, when you wake up in the morning, are you waking up with absolute enthusiasm to do a hard day's work or you waking up feeling like you have to do this it's like a chore because yeah. you have to pay the bills or you need to you know do this or that but 
If you're, and are you waking up feeling enthusiastic to be compassionate with to other people, or are you just faking being nice? You don't really like who you're hanging out with. Now, oh, that that's the beginning. That's the beginning. Yeah. That's the beginning. Yeah. And when you start to make that self inquiry, you can start changing. And you may not be um, very positive about your situation. You may hate your job. You may, but that's a, a, you can't fake loving what you're doing. Don't do that. You need to make a change. And you're going to be optimistic that if you make the change and you get the necessary strategy and you, you learn and you train in whatever you need to do um, and you actually take action, that you will go in the right direction and that the universe will support you towards it. But don't be delusional. Too many people go. Too many people go, and and they fake being positive at work and just and get on with things. Too many people um, also just uh, say mantras and things and think that by doing that alone they're going to get results. No, you have to take action. Action is more important than than anything else. You know, through action is where we we learn things and we we really become positive you know truly become positive is when you take positive action yeah so the saying like fake it till you make it you don't believe that i think um you know like they say let's say you're you know not feeling great like you don't feel good today or whatever i'm not i don't mean sick but you just your mindset but you keep you know like saying like if someone says to you how you doing oh never had a bad day do you ever hear people that say that or i'm great do you think you eventually convince yourself, you, you know, even though you may not start your day out feeling that way? Um, I think it's better to ask yourself the question, why am I not feeling good? And then you've got to, you've got to put it into two boxes. Is it irrational or rational? You're never going to 100% have a day where you don't feel like something negative. Okay, okay. There's, there's a, Every day is going to have challenges yes and but if after a while like every day you're waking up unenthusiastic to do things it's going to lead to chronic stress if you fake try and fake that what's going to happen is you're just going to internalize it and then one day you're going to explode and you're going to end up with a disease but if you straight away go oh um i've started to really dislike what i'm doing so maybe I need to now start being more inquisitive about other options of things to do with my career or my relationship. or And then you start to actually like research and study and learn new things. If you fake it, you actually end up desensitizing curiosity and, and learning. You stop growing, in my opinion. You have to be honest. Honest and truth. Truth is the most important factor of life. Yeah. Without being true to yourself, you're not going to get anywhere in life. I think all this fake it till you make it, it's, I think it works in certain situations. Like, say you need to go on stage and perform and you're a bit nervous, right? You can, like, put on a strong posture. And that will change your physiology instantly. By putting a confident posture in, you yeah. can, you can cre- even though you're feeling a little bit nervous, you can create that short burst of adrenaline where you can get on stage and rock it. Okay, I believe in all that stuff. But when we're talking about real deep life soul searching situations, I got you've got to be super honest with yourself. Yeah, you know what? That's a really, really good point because 
I know, you know, even like in the profession that I was in, like, you know, in the wellness community and I've, you know, owned health clubs and all that stuff, you can go and everybody would always say to me, and I'm like, this is like, I like what I call, (laughs) you know, like, this is like a true confession. It was always like Sandy's always positive. Sandy's always up. She's never had a bad day. And that's not true. And that put a lot of pressure, but I got caught up. In thinking, oh my God, I had to be that person. Do you, do you know what I there mean? There you go. This is yeah. a pressure of, of um, lying yeah. to yourself. Like mm. no one <laughs> wanted to see me have a, like a down moment, you know, because they expected that's what they got from me. Like Sandy yeah. can take anything and turn it around and, you know, find a solution. Well, they, they, now let's just back up. Yeah, there's a difference between, okay, let's, in business, let's take a step back. There's always a solution. Okay. Yeah. So that's different and that's easy. But you can't always just be happy, happy, happy. You know what I mean? 24 mm. hours a day. No. You know, about everything. It's, and I didn't realize that. You know what I mean? Like for a long time, I thought that's what I had to be. That's what they expected of me. I couldn't let them down. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that, I love the way you said that because. It's a difference between being optimistic and enthusiastic versus yeah. like, I'm just going to be always positive, yeah. you know? And that's a totally different. But even, I don't know, like um, positive psychology is a big thing over here. I don't know if it's over there too, but even if you go to their conferences, and I went to one in Canada, their biggest disillusion is like that people think they feel like, oh, you have to be pippy skippy all the time and it's not it's not even they believe more like what you believe than that's good yeah that you have to first like if you come into one of their offices the first thing they'll say is why are you here where do you want to go do, do you know what i mean yes. they don't sit there and dive into the problems and keep talking about your past unless it's mm. necessary but they do want you to feel all the emotions and be able to what do they call it emotional intelligence i don't know if that's a big thing over there too you know but to be aware of where you are and so i feel as if it's kind of you know in this the same ballpark we're not quite there yet but i do think it's a lot to take into do you know what i mean because we are just i think you know getting to understand how yoga plays a big part in everyone's life and I think we're taking it more than just the actual exercise here and more into the breath work. Have you ever um, gone, heard of, heard of Kripala Institute, the Kripala Yoga Institute? I don't know if you ever heard of that place. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. I went there for four or five days. And, it, and I'm not even a yoga person, but I went there more for um, all the meditation and breath work. Mm. And it was just really neat to see how they're saying the movement is just an and to the meditation and breath work. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) There you go. You know, Mm. and so when you teach your workshops, like, are they all different? Are there one day, two day, three day, four? Let's just talk a little bit about what you actually teach everyone. Yeah, certainly. So... What I'm all about is helping people find their true will. Like, what is their, what's really what they feel they were born to do on this planet. And 
and to remove and help remove some of the layers of conditioning um, and give them tools to actually re reprogram themselves back into a more optimized, upgraded version of themselves. And so I just share these ancient protocols that really helped me to get into these amazing states of consciousness where um, where my desires have become less, you know, my my purpose has become more um, aligned with with helping uh, the world in in uh, in a more rational, like scientific way, rather than a biased way towards corporate desires and interests, and more holistic. And so I I train people in a way of life. It's a way of life, okay, which they can take with them and and use that to just become more healthy, more happy, more productive, uh, more in their flow, more in their element. And and in, and the, the side effects of this is if you come into a retreat with some kind of um, chronic illness, I guarantee that um, that, that is going to be significantly um, better by the time you leave. And within a few months, if you keep it up, uh, you're going to be way better and you're going to shock your doctors so <laughs> i don't want to make any claims that you're going to be cured or anything but yeah i get um, it I, I can definitely give people um a path to getting back into balance and um and optimize actually a lot of people um actually become healthier than, than they were before and um, how long are your workshops so we we have two different types of workshops we have uh we have these retreats called the awakening retreats and they are usually four to five days. Uh, and then we have instructor training, which are uh, eight days uh, with okay. an online course component. So we train instructors to do, do these uh, techniques oh. as well. Yeah. Wow. That, that makes you reach a lot more people. Yeah. We have over 200 instructors now. Oh, that's so exciting. Mm. Do, you have, do you have any on the East Coast? In uh, which area? In the United States. Like anywhere, I mean, New York, yeah, Philadelphia. We do. we do. We do have some people in New York. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I'm in the Philadelphia area, and like New York's like an hour and a half away, like not far away. Ah, fantastic. Sure. Well, um, yeah, I can find out who's there and send you some info. Yeah, because I know people right, right after this are going to go, okay, is he coming to the United States? Where is he coming next? Where is he going to be? Where can <laughs> we get, you know, where can we? Yeah. But there's also online stuff. We also have online training, yeah. We have an online course uh, that goes through uh, everything we've been talking in a lot more depth. So you're going to learn literally how to activate your inner pharmacy. For a long time, we have been educated out of our own self-control of our autonomic nervous system, the part of the, the nervous system that deals with all your functions you take for granted, like your immune system, digestion, all of that. And the idea of this is that um, you won't need to rely on medications as much because you can go to sleep, you can digest your food, you can uh, get more energy, you can um, get more into your flow without taking substances. So this is all done through breathing, pranayama. But then there's deeper practices like our awakening um, uh, ceremonies, which uh, the idea of this is, as I said, the only real true way to change reality beyond your preset condition responses is to literally change your your hard disk your brain your subconscious imprints 
So this is how we change our behaviors, our past condition imprints, and replace them with better patterns and habits. But this is what it is, is a, um, a supercharged version of energized meditation. Energized meditation is something that was became popular around the 60s when when there was a resurgence of the hippie movement and people went back into like these ancient techniques and tantra and sufism and things like that and what it is is energized meditation is not like your standard meditation where you sit there and watch your thoughts and things like that this is actually a dynamic active meditation i am a music producer so i produce music with breathing patterns and rhythms and and using a technique of breath retention where you hold your breath for certain periods of time that actually creates this state called um, hypoxia, intermittent hypoxia, which creates this amazing health benefit in your body. It actually wakes up dormant parts of your brain. It wakes up um, uh, and better blood flow around your body. And it can even wake up the power of stem cells. So stem cells go to areas of inflammation. They um, help you regrow and repair tissues. They're damaged and do all sorts of miraculous stuff in the body. And we, we guide you through this process. So you do it with instructor in a very powerful way. But with the, the longer version of this, which is what you do at the retreats, um, you go into a state called neurosomatic bliss, which is um, a state where you have an absolute divine connection with everything and yeah. oneness. And you people have conversations with the spirit world, with the God, with all kinds of things. Angels come to them, all kinds of very wonderful things that happen and it's actually um the state also similar to what psychedelics can get you into however we're doing this through the breath so it's very controlled you can't go have a bad trip it's guided by facilitators and actually when you have an instructor that can guide you into this state they can also help you reprogram the past with positive empowering imprints that last uh beyond you know the session and it helps clear uh, past traumas and it also makes you feel incredibly in the flow. And this is our like trademark thing. It's a powerful process. It's what I do at festivals. I take it on tour. I do it with groups. I do it with individuals. And it's, it's what we call Soma. Soma is the, is the divine molecule that we create within that gives us this supreme connection with, with everyone, with, with the universe, with everything. And um, and this is what the ancient mystics devised through these higher yoga rituals. I've just made it much more fun, much more accessible, easier to, to do, um, taken out all the religious dogma and all of that stuff um, and kept it true to science. And this is what you can expect from our courses. We have a 21-day protocol online which guides you that to that point with instructors. Oh, wow which is really powerful. I would urge everyone to try that out if you really want to take control of your reality. And and the thing is, with this, you also learn the health uh, tip techniques that I've developed and, and discovered over the years. And um, so this will help your health as well, helps your mind management. It also helps you control your inner world so that you have more alignment with what it is that you want. So you start to manifest better. So it's like an all-in-one kind of package um designed to like upgrade your your life in that way well um i mean i knew a little bit about (laughs) what you were doing but i had no idea it was this extensive like this is very very exciting (laughs) and um 
I'm really, I'm, I'm so excited to hear that you have an online course because that I did not know. And that way we can reach a lot more people. So yeah. that's, that's so cool. Now, I know like we could probably talk forever, but I want to make sure we stick within the time limit. And I usually you know, ask people before I bring you on a few questions, but I'm just going to make sure I throw one out there, okay? Okay. All right, Perfect. cool. So I'm, I'm thinking that it's prevalent over there, but anxiety has hit an all-time high over here, mm. not just with adults, but with our teens and kids in school. I'm not sure if it's the same way over there. Uh, wow, it's, it's exceptional over here. Yeah, okay. Mm. So it's really become like everyone is on this in the school systems especially, and they're going in and uh, a lot of the things they're teaching um, is, you know, quote-unquote called mindfulness, and they're trying to get kids, you know, even in kindergarten, first grade, which everything is a great start, like anything they can do, you know, to help mm. kids. You know, starting at a young age, you know, we welcome, right? Because the yes. younger you get them, the better. But the question is from an adult who said, you know, they have extreme, they get extremely anxious and anxiety. And to stop the, like, let's get this right. Make sure I don't want to, I want to make sure I read their question. The, their doctor, although homeopathic, said that taking anxiety medication, even for a short period of time, may get them out of this cycle. Any opinion? So, okay. Firstly, I'm not a doctor. Right. right? We got to say that. I I'm, know. A, I'm a pharmacist. Yeah. So I know the drugs um, very well. So we're talking about uh, diazepine, uh, temazepam, you know, Xanax. We're talking about those sorts of medications. Yeah. Now, drugs, um, they what they do is they are like Band-Aid. So it's like putting a plaster on the... So say say someone bashes their head against the wall. All yeah. Right? Non-stop bashes their head against the wall. Um, so what doctors do is they give them ice. All right? To put the ice on the wound. Now... Unless they stop bashing their head against the wall, it doesn't matter how much ice you put on, they're going to get worse and worse, and that bruise is going to turn into something much worse, right? So what you've got to do is actually stop bashing your head against the wall. And the doctors don't go for the cause. Now, anxiety is caused by something. Okay. Now, now there's a, there's a natural way to reduce anxiety, through your breath. As I said, yeah. it's like just yeah. extend your exhales, do chant Aum, say positive mantras in a meditative state. That's simple ways which you which work as effective or better than medications without any side effects, which you can do at any time. And if your prescription run or your prescription can't run out, okay, so because yeah. it's free, so that's that still won't solve the problem of anxiety permanently, but it will definitely help you come to terms with it. Now, anxiety is triggered by a few different things. It can be physiological. It could be your diet. You may be a caffeine drinker. You may be um, eating a lot of chocolate. You may have a lot of processed foods that cause anxiety. Um, but it could be something deeper. It could be um, you're anxious about your bills. It could be you're worried about financial stress. There's all different types of stress. Yeah, fear stuff. Yeah, so anxiety is actually something that you need to pay attention to and start using it as a tool 
to make a change so why am i anxious okay now let's write write it down write down all of the reasons why i might be anxious put it into box sometimes even just writing things down gets rid of the anxiety because remember like multitasking alone creates anxiety so if you're doing lots of things all day long at work and you're not spending any time um, reflecting and just chilling or just doing one thing at a time gotcha. then that's going to make you anxious so just spending a bit of time just checking out and writing down why am I anxious writing it all down and looking at it and just seeing it can actually relieve anxiety and, and even fix it and help you come to terms with things deeper but uh, for me um like the best of all is if you if you find out what it is that you're anxious for asking for help and getting a strategy and taking action towards fixing that problem the cause yeah is way better than just being dependent on pills because you can't break the cycle of anxiety through a drug whoever doc whichever doctor said that is probably extremely anxious themselves because <laughs> they have no idea what else to say and yeah, I feel sorry for anxious. doctors. Yeah, yeah. Or they either anxious themselves or they don't know what else to say. Yeah, and they and they they're um and that's the problem. They you know, they they don't have training in this area. And most doctors I've met are either extremely anxious themselves because they they have a lot of stress to deal with every day. There's people coming in with different problems and they don't know what to do other than give them drugs. And you know it's really tough being a doctor. I feel really sorry for for doctors working in this industry. Um, so, I mean, they're my they're my that's my advice. Yeah, uh, I was just. I mean, I almost knew what you were going to say, but you know, I had had to still ask it. The mm. only thing that because I'm not a doctor and I'm not a pharmacist, wasn't sure of. Is there a benefit besides of doing your work and doing the breathing and going deep? to get someone over the hump? Is there ever a benefit to get them over that edge to be able to move forward? And that's what, I guess that's an individual thing. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, um, exactly. If it's an emergency situation where the anxiety has raised your blood pressure to an uncontrollable level yeah, and you can't sleep and even having sleepless nights, then in, in an extreme emergency situation, you've tried meditate you've tried doing these breathing practices none of that's working yeah um then yes as i said it's a last resort yeah yeah because the problem with it is that you'll become dependent on it you'll be like right i have to take my pill now because i can't yeah fix yeah. it otherwise and then it becomes a band-aid a plaster and then it, it will turn into chronic stress because the anxiety is still there you're just not um perceiving it anymore that's how they work they stop your perception the anxiety is still there the problem still there yeah and you internalize it and then over time it will manifest into a chronic disease so putting band-aids on things is not good it's the fast track to getting a man a, a disease so there you go i don't okay. want to make you act more anxious though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know but really like last resort do holistic things first you may yeah. be some people i know some people who are anxious and they didn't realize that caffeine can make you anxious and they're drinking like six or seven cups of coffee a day and then when i said to them like maybe just stop drinking coffee they're suddenly their anxiety went away no? good point good very good point yeah um i i have like i have all this time i'm running out of time but it you know, this has been like just so so valuable like i've loved 
everything. And I think it's going to really make an impact on so, so many people. Um, I'm going to squeeze the last one in before you go. What are, what is your thoughts on the medical marijuana, like CBD? Um, the science is very, very promising. Uh, I am a huge marijuana fan <laughs> in many different ways, uh, because it's, um, it's, beautiful for creativity i i i don't I, i'm not a anti-marijuana user um i think in small doses it's extremely enlightening um and it's actually like what sadhus do in india they they take they have bang they take bang and well they smoke chillums and they get into very deep meditative states users some some of them they call it medicine for meditation i'm definitely not anti-marijuana um, for recreational use, as long as it's not like something that's an addiction where you're smoking all day long, um, where it's used with context and purpose and intention. Um, I also um, very much believe in medical marijuana um, in favor of synthetic drugs because, firstly, cannabis is a very intelligent plant full of endogenous cannabinoids. Um, we produce cannabinoids in, internally, we have receptors for cannabis. So medical marijuana, um, cannabis, let's just call it cannabis, because that's really what it is, um, it goes into the body and it creates homeostasis balance in the body. It works with the in endogenous cannabinoid system to create harmony and balance into your system. So there are some cancers that can actually be cured and fixed. There is evidence out there for it. Not all so I don't want to say it's going to work for all of them. Some of them it doesn't work. Uh, but there's definitely evidence that it works, especially anecdotal evidence that it works for that. It really helps um, other spiritual issues where um, chronic diseases manifest as a result of you going off balance. Um, in You have to get the right dose for it. You need to get the right strength. CBD is extremely fascinating. But... In order for CBD to really work, you need a little bit of THC. You don't need to have so much that it gets you super high. And you only need a bit. And the CBD actually mitigates some of the effects of um, the THC in terms of the, the high. So if you get like a blend which is high in CBD with a little bit of THC. The THC is it, it's called the entourage effect. It, it maximizes the effects of CBD. Um, CBD is also really good for anti-anxiety because it brings more balance back into that's the body. why I brought it up because that's what I yeah. was thinking Yeah. so when you combine actually breathing practices meditation with CBD or medical marijuana with yeah. a little bit of THC you can, get into, you can get into meditation much faster much easier and it can maximize the effect of it so I'm a huge I believe it's medicine for meditation well, I'm glad I mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not against it. And then as far as like what you were saying, because um, I don't have any knowledge of it, about what combination they should have, like whether it's, I heard, like 10 to 1, 5 to 2. Is that something they would ask the pharmacist? I would go to a real expert um, formulator. Like I'd go to a medical dispensary, a good one that's trusted. Speak to people who have used it and, and get you know who have got success out of it. Find people who, the best way to do anything in life is to find people who have done what you want and just model their success. So there will be somebody who's used marijuana, had amazing results with their health, and they'll just follow what they do. You know, or get a few people like that and get the best 
for you out of that. But the one thing that nobody talks about still, I don't know why, is the 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 male plant. So the female plant is the the um, the THC, the, okay. the psychoactive one. The male plant is hemp. It's called hemp. Hemp is actually the thing that can save the planet right now. We're talking all about environmentalism and all this stuff, saving the planet. Hemp is the thing that can save the planet. The reason why you can make fuel out of it, you can make plastic out of it, you can make um, uh, rope out of it, fibers, clothing, you can make food out of it. It's the most versatile crop. It actually makes the soil clean and replenishes the soil. It grows at a really fast rate. It's easy to cultivate. In fact, the American Constitution was written on hemp paper and the founding fathers said we must sow the hemp seed everywhere and make everyone abundant because with the hemp seed everyone can be a farmer, everyone can cultivate, everyone can make their own products and that it would have stopped the corporations, the imperialists from coming in creating um, scarce commodities like oil and plastics uh, from oil and timber which is very scarce commodity and, and making patents and ruling the world and become extremely wealthy and rich. It what's going on right now in America is would have made the founding fathers of America roll in their graves. You know, like they would just be so um, it's gone totally the wrong way. And hemp could save the planet. I really believe this. Nobody's wow. talking about this. This is something that we need to start talking more about. And actually, China, one of the biggest hemp producers in the world. Um, so are some European countries. They are way ahead of the game. What is wrong with America? Maybe it's China owns America now. Who knows? But um, <laughs> something's going on because China are making loads of money. Their economies now actually um, start to improve because they're, they're, pr- they're producing stuff like this. Um, and we could actually fix the Amazon by growing hemp there instead of um, worrying about, you know, uh, deforestation and growing soya and all this stuff start growing hemp but anyway that's a whole nother rant um, yeah that's a whole nother time. show workshop <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I mean I'm going into hemp farming and mar- medical mar- that's my bigger vision I'm going back into that oh are you yeah, yeah. as soon as I um, raise enough funds we're going to build a retreat center and have um, a community living there and we're going to have big hemp farms where we'll We'll start cultivating hemp products and distributing it around the world and teaching people how to do it themselves, you know. Wow. That's that's in, imminent. That's like my two-year, two to five-year plan. Well, I'm glad I brought up cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> there, that's a good one. Well, I, is there, are we going to, we should wrap up. I, I, you're so fascinating and I really love this interaction, but I'm going to let you go. Is there anything that, you know, Niraj, that we didn't cover that you want to get in before we go? Um, okay, uh, I've, I've pretty much covered everything, but there's one golden rule, okay? If you want to become really good at something, if you want to be a master of something, then there's one mantra to uphold, and that is do it every day, right? So if you want to be really, really, really depressed, do it every day. Practice being depressed every day. Practice being unhappy and that's what you'll become. Your brain changes according to repetition. So the more you do something over and over again, your brain changes and adapts towards that perception of reality. So if you want to be really happy, practice being really happy. Find out what makes you happy and do that every single day and you'll become really happy. If you want to 
be amazing musician and you want to play in a band do that every single day if you want to be really good at um, running a business do it every day a little bit every day and before you know it you're the master of that thing in your lo local neighborhood and then you become the master in in your country or the world you know and you only have to just start off doing a little bit every day that's the only thing that sets apart true masters from everyday people is that they have a daily ritual of doing what they want every single day that's it i love that <laughs> i mean it sounds so simple but it's it's big you know yeah well thank you so much guys i know you're going to have so much more that you want to find out about him and we'll make sure we post everything where he's going to be the workshops the online courses or anything else we'll make sure it's all there so that you can dive more into this work and learn all about what he's doing all around the world so for let's keep it real you know what i'm going to say to next time toodles thanks for listening be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show and remember keep spreading the positive